release your shoulders from your ears. Relax your eyebrows, unclench your jaw. Make sure your tongue is not stuck to the roof of your mouth. Breathe. To finish off the end of this year, we will have lists of 20 things for 2020. How exciting. When a year is over, I think that calls for some self-reflection. Um, reflection on the year, reflection on your goals, reflection on what you wanted to accomplish versus what you actually did accomplish. Um, but also understanding why. Self-reflection is key to understanding yourself deeper and further. So this episode is all about 20 things this decade has taught me. I absolutely am going to do this exercise maybe two or three times because I feel like I learned so much this past decade. Um, so the first time I do this exercise, I'm going to do it with you. I am super excited about every single episode, but I'm definitely excited about the last few of the year, simply because they are the last few of the year, and also because I absolutely adore self-reflection, um, because it's really key. It is like the key that unlocks you, you know, you learn about yourself. We are going to hop right into the 20 things this decade taught me. Um, the first thing is to be gentle with yourself. Me and Natasha Warner have a whole conversation about meeting yourself with compassion. It is a major part of the conversation we have. If you go back and listen to that episode, um, but <laughs> this decade absolutely taught me to be gentle with myself. Um, I have learned this <laughs> so many times. I can't even, I mean, Ooh. <laughs> starting high school, finishing, starting school again, moving through that decade with um, my partner, who my partner was. <laughs> um, <laughs> just starting my organization, starting a business, um, being sick, having a baby, <laughs> through all of it, I had to learn over and over again how to be gentle with myself and meet myself with some compassion. Um, it has been a crazy decade, and there were so many times 
when I did not know how to be gentle with myself or how to meet myself with compassion. And there were other times where I simply felt like I was undeserving of that compassion, of that gentleness and that love that you, you know, put out and give to others. Um, one of the major times I felt undeserving was after my rape. That is not something that, um, I don't know how to describe that. <laughs> you, you feel like in a way that you have some kind of fault to something that you know was not your fault, you know? Um, and I was in such a state of shock for so long. And I did so many things like healing from that was such a huge process, but also milestone for me um, that, I don't know, I literally had to relearn how to be gentle with myself over and over again how to meet myself with compassion over and over again, because I am a part of that percentage that didn't get PTSD until like eight, nine months later. That is when I actually even felt like it had happened. That was when it was real for me. I was in shock and then I suppressed it and I just didn't talk. I was also comfortable because of other things that shouldn't have made me comfortable because they didn't really take away um, the pain. It didn't take away the situation. It didn't take away what happened. It was just this false sense of like comfort and it was just not not a good a good space to be in because that is definitely um what led to my PTSD being so horrible it was literally a nightmare and i felt trapped i felt stuck um there were a lot of times in this decade that i felt stuck or trapped and my other lesson is that it's all in your head um because it literally is all in your head so being gentle with yourself and meeting yourself with compassion is definitely the first thing this decade taught me through being sick um I forgot how to do that because I only got sicker and sicker and I hated it. And at a certain point, I just remembered who I was. Like I saw that I was taking more medicine than my age and I was just looking at how things were going and I was tired of hearing so much negativity and being just drowned in it that I said, you know, I'm going to get up and I'll just do it myself. And 
I committed to that and I give myself so much props because I absolutely committed to that. And then when I was healing and I was told, you know, I couldn't have a child and they were going to have to take everything out like bit by bit and like what is going on I almost gave up until my doctor stepped in and you know spoke to me about what I was doing with my body and how she didn't understand holistic practices because she's a doctor but I knew what I was doing so I can fix it and lo and behold a year later I have a baby (laughs) I definitely fixed it um And I got pregnant right after I was completely healed. And it was just amazing to see the ultrasounds, to see the tests and know that it kind of just made it tangible for me. Um, And it was like, yeah, I am going to be a wonderful coach. Like school was helping me um, get through. And then I was in school for something else at the same time. And the whole time, you know, it's just me. In this, I I was just in it with me, um, so it was just beautiful, and it was a wonderful thing to come out of. Um, but along the way, I had to learn to be gentle with myself, and then learning to walk again, way before that, um, was just who you feel so little you know and then I had to write about it you got to do the work so another lesson is do the work show up trust yourself and trust where you are um without doing the work nothing gets done (laughs) you can talk all you want you can manifest you can pray you can do whatever but you have to prepare for what you're praying for You have to do the work alongside what you're manifesting. You can't just be stagnant. Um, So, I mean, the end of the decade taught me so much. Another beautiful lesson (laughs) to make note of is that everyone is not for you. Goodness gracious, it kind of took me the whole decade to realize that. I'm I'm not even joking. I, it's like, you know it, but then there are these small ways that different things pop up and they manifest, you know, so you just don't even realize what you're doing all of the time, right? So it's like I am someone who is super confident. And that was why being sick was so hard for me because it compromised my confidence in myself. It compromised um, what I believed I was capable of because I was physically capable of less. And I was physically ailed, you know, (laughs) like really going through it. And when your body attacks itself and you feel powerless. You feel like you can't do anything about that. So let me tell you about all the ways this popped up for me. 
beginning high school, I was at a private school. I had a scholarship to go, so I went um, for the first year. And that was not for me. (laughs) It was not for me. And I would be there and I would say, yeah, I'm only doing a year and then I'm transferring. And people would just be like, but we want you to stay. And there was this whole thing. And I mean, it was a great place. Um, Well, there... (laughs) Their uh, curriculum was great. <laughs> the environment wasn't the best. It really wasn't that different from um, what I was coming out of anyway. And I became friends with this girl who ended up being really nuts, like absolutely nuts. And um, she wasn't for me. It, it was crazy, drawn out. But moving forward, going through high school, um, I accomplished a lot, but that's where I met a lot of people that were aligned with me in certain ways. Um, another lesson is stop trauma bonding. It is hard. <laughs> When you realize people are only attracted to your trauma or, you know, you went through the same things and it's a trauma bond and not a friendship. It's a trauma bond, not a two-way street that is healthy and, you know, good for you. (laughs) Trauma bonding is something that is so easily done because you don't always realize when you're doing it. So it makes it easier. But that doesn't make it good for you at all. And sometimes it's hard because you don't realize that it's a trauma bond and not a real friendship. So you're kind of just like holding on to something that actually was never there. So just remembering to let go of anything that is toxic is another major key because, honey, did I hold on? I was holding on for dear life. I mean, whew, stop trauma bonding. Honor your boundaries. Realize you can't save people. Refuse to do their emotional work. One of my biggest lessons that I just share with you was do the work, show up, trust yourself, and trust where you are. In doing the work for yourself, you cannot do someone else's emotional work. Um, that is, ooh, <laughs> that's a major one for me too because, <sighs> ooh, my um, last experience, <laughs> you know. In a relationship, I was doing a lot of emotional work that did not belong to me. And there were a bunch of different reasons why, but you absolutely can't do it. How can you do your work and their work? And how does it benefit them by you doing their work? Do they actually learn? You have to think about everything you went through and everything um, that 
you were presented with that pushed you to do your work. You know, um, they may not be there yet, so you can't do it for them. So just quit it, pretty much. (laughs) If you're doing it, just throw it out the window. (laughs) I say that a lot when I'm um, (laughs) working with uh, younger clients that are, um, you know, in high school or when I'm doing one-on-one life skills, I say throw it out the window because I create a positive environment before anything. That's always first and foremost. So it's the positivity circle. It's our positivity bubble, whichever one it is for that specific person. And I'll say, nope, throw it out the window. Mm, I just threw it out the window. So (laughs) that's where that came from. But (laughs) throw it out the window. (laughs) You can't do anyone else's emotional work. They have to do it for themselves. They have to feel it for themselves. And everyone's process is their own. That is another lesson that this decade has taught me. Everyone's process is their own and trust your process. Um, I didn't exactly understand (laughs) why the middle of the decade happened the way it did for me until the end. And it was like, oh, wow, that is like magical. I feel like a unicorn or something. Um, So just trust your process. And know that everyone's is their own. So where you're going isn't for everyone to go. Everyone can't come with you. And you have to accept that your process does not look like the person next to you's process. If it takes them longer to get there, that's cool. But if you're on your way, you have to leave them. And that is okay. You're supposed to grow you're supposed to transform, you're supposed to shift. And if they are stagnant, sweetie, (laughs) honey, there is nothing that you can do about that. There's nothing you can do. And keeping yourself around stagnant minds as you are growing is only holding yourself back. Because they also want to draw you in. They want you to be where they are, be where you just were, and keep you there. Because they don't want to move. And it's not okay. Stagnant minds dread any kind of growth or change. And it's okay to leave them behind. That is the other lesson. Stagnant minds dread any kind of growth or change. And it's okay to leave them behind. That one was tough for me, too, because there were people that I thought were meant to be in my life to just, like, forever. Like, we are best friends. This is it. But I also had to realize it was more me doing emotional work for them. Them being able to come to me so I can dissect everything that was going on with them again. So I was in two spaces where I was doing this, right, at the same time doing all the emotional work, and I can't get that same in return. And we're also trauma bonding. 
And the more we know and notice that, you know, we've been through some of the same traumas, oh, the worse it got. <laughs> because it is like a, hmm, a fake close, you know? It brings you in, but it actually does not bring you closer. It doesn't build an actual bond. It just builds a trauma bond, and that is what the focus is. That is the basis of the relationship versus a healthy bond and recognizing you for who you are and who you are in the moment and also prevents that um, growth in the actual bond or friendship, whatever, um, because they are so stuck on that trauma that brought you together that it will be talked about over and over and over and over, or it'll keep you there over and over and over and over. It is exhausting. Let it go, okay? Um, speaking of growth, when you're growing, it's like a new puzzle is presenting itself. Those old pieces of yourself, of yourself, no longer fit. Your journey is yours. We just said your process is your own. You can't force the pieces that don't fit. You have to allow everything new in. Be proud of your growth and embrace it. That's the only option because the more you try to compromise the person you actually are for the person you used to be, the more you're just going to be confused. <laughs> and there's always that uncomfortable middle space where you're shifting and you're transitioning, you're turning into someone else, but you're not quite there yet. <laughs> So there's like you unpacking all of these things and getting rid of it, but then you also are trying to move forward and learn new things and you're building new parts, but you're getting rid of old ones, but you still have some old ones inside you. It's like this crazy, crazy experience. It's a puzzle, you know, um, but all the old pieces don't fit. So the quicker you realize that it doesn't work, you'll be fine. And I even have like certain moments where I forget things <laughs> and I forget why a piece just doesn't fit, right? I don't eat out. And I forgot that food isn't like plastic when you order Chinese food. Well, certain things, you know, are in plastic and I live a non-toxic lifestyle, and my body will be shot if I were to, like, eat hot food out of a plastic container. My body will literally be so upset at me. <laughs> and I wanted broccoli so bad. <laughs> so I was able to get some, and then I was like, holy smokes, it comes in a plastic container, but I don't eat out, so I wasn't even, like, thinking about it. No old piece fits. <laughs> no old piece at all. <laughs> I'm like, I, I would scream this into my mic if it wouldn't, like, blow your eardrums. Like, 
no old piece fits. It's okay. It just it just isn't there anymore and you just learn how to make that part new and be new. And the more new you get, <laughs> the more you know that old piece won't fit. So all these pieces become old pieces. They are literally just new pieces. This is an endless puzzle, literally. And some people have this idea that, you know, once you start to grow, you get better, you kind of just settle in who you are and you're comfortable again. It's like, hey, no, 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 no. <laughs> it's endless. So as soon as you are like mastering this person that you have become and you are happy, you're like, okay, I want to get better because I want to change this. I want to shift this. It is this endless journey. <laughs> the journey to self is a journey from self too. So again, you do the work, show up, trust yourself, and trust where you are because where you are is where you're supposed to be no matter what that looks like. And that is another lesson of this decade. No matter what it looks like, you are where you're supposed to be. And acceptance is just key. The quicker you accept that, the more you're willing to move through the space that you're in versus get upset about it, complain about it because it's not where you want to be or, you know, throw fits or be distracted. Those are all distractions. Another lesson that is really major that I learned this decade was that someone else's crisis is not your emergency. Be there for people, but you have to know you come first. If you are literally in the middle of your own crisis, you can't exactly <laughs> solve someone else's. You can show up for them. You can be there. You can help in the ways that you can. I'll say that again. That you can. Not overextending. Um, not driving yourself crazy but showing up enough for you, not for them, <laughs> as much as you can do and not feeling bad about knowing that your well-being comes before all. People committed to misunderstanding you will never understand you. Uh, uh. <laughs> They will never understand you. They will find a reason to make it seem like you are the worst person on this earth, even if you treat them like gold. They do not care. <laughs> they don't care. <laughs> they are committed to misunderstanding you. Why do you think all of a sudden they are going to understand? <laughs> they are not. <laughs> they are just going to keep making it seem like, you know, 
you are the opposite of what you intend on being to them. So honestly, it is a waste of energy. I know that it can be frustrating. It can be upsetting. Um, And I am still dealing with some of this myself. You know, if they are committed to misunderstanding you, it doesn't matter how kindly you say something. It doesn't matter um, how much time you take to figure out how you want to word something or, you know, it doesn't matter what nice gesture you you do. It, <laughs> none of it matters. They are committed to misunderstanding you. So it is absolutely a waste of your energy and that energy could be going towards something positive or it can be sent inward. So while they are committed to misunderstanding you, making it difficult, you are committed to loving yourself, being gentle with yourself, meeting yourself with compassion, and loving yourself enough to not even entertain it. I don't argue. I haven't for a long, long time. I will let somebody talk, <laughs> even if I'm in your face. <laughs> I mm-hmm, yep. <laughs> My sister says to me on so many separate occasions, you know, I want to be as unbothered as you. <laughs> Look, it's about knowing how to spend your energy, knowing what's worth it, and loving yourself enough to stand firm in that. And be like, okay, yeah, this is not what I'm going to do. I don't have the time for this. So you can do this by yourself while I go and, um, you know, do something productive, do something that I need to for myself. And it really doesn't matter what people say. So, hey, being smart about how you decide to spend your energy is so important. That is another major lesson. It's sacred. You mean way too much to waste your energy or let people drain it. Once you decide to let them drain your energy, you're choosing them over you. And look, (laughs) I didn't choose a lot over me. So, you know, it took me a long time to get to that point where I was like, yeah, no, mm -mm, not me. (laughs) So whatever your process is, trust that, but be smart about how you're spending your energy. What others think of you is none of your business. Another major lesson. What others think of you does not have anything to do with you. They can think what they want to think. That doesn't make it fact. It doesn't make it real. It just makes it the version of you that they have in their head. And sometimes it truly just is like a version that's created out of their own pain or out of their own trauma. And because they can't accept, you know, the way you are, or whatever the case may be, Mm. what others think of you is none of your business. Others are always going to think. Others are always going to say. 
but you know you and knowing yourself is so important. So another major lesson is know yourself. Um, especially after losing myself in being sick, it was it was hard. <laughs> it was hard because you're sick, but you have a full time career, right? And I have my benefits. I have. I had to get like <laughs> extra insurance. It was just like nuts. Um, so I mean, I was grateful for full time benefits, and you know, you think about your four hundred one k. You think all these things are important before you realize what really is important is you. Um, it, it is hard. I lost myself so deeply because I'm worried about all those things. Um, and then all the different aspects of what was going on with my health. And then maintaining relationships and um, really just being bomb at what I do is why I was so focused on it too, because I worked so hard to get there, right? I learned so much and <laughs> it's like I could count the classes <laughs> and the certifications and everything else. And it's just like, holy smokes, I finally get here and this is what it looks like, you know? And that was hard for me. Um, and just losing myself um, because your body is literally... Knowing yourself is so important because when you are in that space where you don't exactly know what's happening with yourself. It's so easy for you to fall into things that are unlike yourself, whether that's the person that you were or the one you're becoming. Um, so know yourself, definitely major. Another major one for me is you can't get it wrong. There is literally nothing that you can get wrong. You're learning it's how it works. <laughs> um, you can't get it wrong. Not life, not anything. And I talk about this a bit in the episode with Kathy Wise. If you go back um, and give that a listen, we talk about it so much. And she says everything so perfectly. Like, I love it. Um, but you can't get it wrong. There's nothing that you can get wrong. Getting it wrong is getting it right. <laughs> because that teaches you how to move forward, how to do it better the next time, how to get through it. So no matter what mistake you make, it's supposed to teach you. You are where you're supposed to be, like we've already said. So you were supposed to make that mistake for a reason. Rather than beating yourself up, try to understand it. Try to understand yourself. Try to understand why you even did what you did. Try to understand why you chose to do that instead of something else. And figure out the right way to go about it, no matter what it is. You can't get it wrong. My daughter is doing a thing in her sleep right now. I don't know if you can hear her <laughs> because I'm wearing her. 
and our mic is here. But <laughs> trust everyone. Trust everyone to be who they are. Um, so many times it is really obvious who a person is when they walk into our lives, but we somehow expect them to be someone different. Whether it's someone different for us, just someone different generally, I, whatever. Trust everyone to be who they are. If they're a horrible person, they're going to be a horrible person. Don't think just because they are, you know, cool with you, they're not going to be a horrible person towards you. No, no. Trust everyone. Trust them to be who they are and accept that they are who they are because you can't do anything. <laughs> That's just how it works. So trust everyone to be who they are. And self-reflect constantly. Um, there is this one person who is always in and out of my life. And I think they're an okay person, right? But I made the decision and learned and knew, you know, this year that I don't want anything to do with them. And the in and out is just more of the fact that um, we are connected, then we're not, and, you know, busy and not, and all that kind of stuff. So it's not a horrible, you know, anything like bad happening over and over and over. But um, the person simply does not align with me. They don't align with me now. They didn't align with me before. They don't align with the person that I'm becoming and I want to be in the life that I am leading to. They just simply don't align. They lack respect for the person that I am and the person that I am becoming because of themselves, because they lack that respect for themselves. And it is just hard. So self-reflection really helps you understand yourself on a very serious note too. Like I have said self-reflection is key. This is obviously a reflection episode, but seriously, <laughs> I did some self-reflection because I'm like, okay, you, you got to stop, drop self-care and figure this out. How does this person keep popping back up? Because I don't know where here they go. And even having a conversation, I was like, I don't want to talk. I, d I don't. How, how is this? <laughs> Why am I talking to you? Like, you know, what is it? So I did some really deep self-reflection. I was like, holy smokes. I figure out how it's me. I have figured it out. There are these little windows, you know, these small opportunities that the person creates to be a part of something that has something to do with me, whether that be an event, whether <laughs> that be trying to, you know, just give me something or whatever the case may be, you know, they that is how they offer themselves. And I say, oh, okay just trying to be nice, but in all reality, 
trust everyone to be who they are. <laughs> I know who you are. I know that I want nothing to do with it, but yet here I am. Like, oh, sure. But then in the same breath, like, how did this happen? That's how it happened. Uh, <laughs> that is how it happened. So um, self-reflection brought that on for me. So self-reflection is key, is one of the biggest lessons that I learned. And especially when you help other people <laughs> for a living, you have to help yourself first, no matter what it looks like, um, no matter how it's done and, you know, whether it gets real deep in a class or a certification or it gets real deep for you later on and maybe it's when you are actually helping people change and transform themselves that you find that. But regardless, you end up doing a lot of work, you know, a lot of self-work. And... I think in that, I learned to go back to my basis because I've always written, always journaled, always did all these things. And I find things from when I was like 11 and it's like bad, but <laughs> self-reflection is key. And there is just that space where I learned that I had let go of that key and I had to pick it back up to unlock everything that was going on. <sighs> Everyone really isn't for you. So don't get stuck going back to people because of whatever. So the last things that I'm gonna talk to you about are whoo, nuts, but feeling stuck or trapped, you are not stuck, you are not trapped. That is the major takeaway. Um, and the second major lesson is that most of the time, you are the problem. These two go hand in hand, so I had to say them together. Honestly, most of the time, you are the problem because you are in control. You are in control of your life. You are in control of every decision that you make, whether it be a good decision, a bad decision, or that very decision that keeps you so-called stuck, you know? In certain situations, you um, they're, they're different. Love yourself enough to get unstuck. To not be trapped. You are the problem most of the time. If you feel like, you know, you're stuck in this cycle of um, debt or, you know, whatever these things may be, whatever it looks like for you, whatever it has looked like in the past, and maybe you never thought about it. Maybe you never did that self-reflection. <laughs> And got deep into it, but you're the problem. Just like I sat down and figured out, like, how does this person keep reappearing in my life? And I don't want this. Why does this keep happening? I was the problem. I allowed them. Nothing can happen unless you allow it.
No one can hurt you unless you allow them to hurt you. No one can make you feel bad about yourself unless you allow them to make you feel bad about yourself. And it doesn't matter where it started. You know, of course, that is something you reflect on to learn from. It doesn't matter where you are in it. It may not be happy or it's just plain old painful. But you made decisions to come to that point. So now decide to get unstuck. Decide to do different. Decide to be different. Decide to live different because you can do it. I believe in you. I have a lot of faith in you. Get unstuck. (laughs) I feel like that is what my daughter helped me do in so many different ways. Get unstuck. And then when I start to feel like I'm trapped because of anything that is going on, I let myself feel it, you know, give myself that moment. And then I come back and I say to myself, you are not stuck. You are not trapped unless you decide to be. So decide. And sometimes you just got to look in the mirror, go back to some of our affirmations episodes where I talk about, you know, affirming while looking at yourself. It's okay. Sometimes you need to give yourself that pep talk. And it's best coming from you. You may feel like you want someone else to give that to you, but no one knows you like you. No one knows what you're going through and what it feels like like you do. So many people can relate and they resonate with what you're going through and they can show up for you, but you have to show up for yourself. So like we said... Do the work, show up, trust yourself, trust where you are. And sometimes it's okay if all you can do that day is show up. You did the most important thing. You did the first part. You showed up. Maybe that day you don't have the strength to do the work deeply, but you showed up. There were plenty of days when I was learning balance in my legs and things like that where I did not want to go to yoga. But my physical therapist, (laughs) there were some weeks that were rough and she would be like, "Mm, yeah, so in class this week and just bring it up and really talk because she was what, you know, pushed me to um, really dive deep into it and I really remember feeling some days where my Thursday class with a wonderful instructor named Carrie down at um, Fresh Yoga in Connecticut um, would just uh, be there and I would just walk into the class like, "Uh, we're going to do all this balance. We're going to do all these things. I don't want to be here. 
But then by the end of that class, I felt so amazing. <laughs> and I felt great. Whether I could do anything or not, no matter what it looked like, no matter what my practice looked like, I showed up. Showing up is going to lead to doing whatever you can. It is okay. Meet yourself with some compassion. When you feel like you need to remember all that, listen to this episode. <laughs> Thank you for listening to our first 20 list. Um, I'm super excited for this mini series and grateful and happy. <laughs> To end the end of the year with this small series is so important. Make sure that you leave a rating and review on iTunes. If you listen with Apple Podcasts, make sure you favorite the podcast on other platforms. If you would like to help the podcast in other ways, go right to Anchor and you can leave a monthly donation starting at 99 cents. Thank you for being a part of this community. Thank you for listening. And I am sending you love and light. I'll see you later.